Romans, the fourth chapter, Romans chapter 4. Amen. Romans chapter 4. Praise God. Amen. Don't really have a whole bunch of announcements. Amen. I've been reminding you about some of the class opportunities that we have um, above and beyond uh, what's the normal schedule. Um, let me give a shout out to my brothers and sisters from the foundry tonight. Um, going to church or a class on a Wednesday night is not required of them. They have chapel service. They'd be, in, they'd be in, in church in the morning worshiping before some of you are even awake. Um, they'll have service again tomorrow night. Amen. This is um, what, what you would call extra uh, for them. Amen. And so uh, I pray that they would inspire some of you to do some extra. Amen. With some of the classes that we have on Sunday morning, Wednesday evening. Um, give God the place that he deserves in your life. Amen. And he'll... He'll make this year the greatest year uh, that you've had yet. Amen. All right, so let's learn some more about faith tonight and, and receiving from God by faith, but, but, but from a practical, and what I mean by practical is some things that you can apply and do um, and begin to do, you know, tonight. I mean, before you go to bed tonight, before you fall asleep tonight. All right, Romans chapter 4. In verse 19, I'll put it up on the screen for you. It says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And this is speaking of Father Abraham. Um, the Bible says he's the father of all who believe and that his example of faith is one for us to all learn from, to follow in his footsteps of faith. And so as we look at his life and, and, and how he received from God by faith, we have an example for us to look at and learn as we grow and develop in our faith. Amen. Now, we see that God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child, and now they are well up in years, well past the age of being able to have children, and to make matters even seemingly more uh, impossible. Uh, they were unable to have children when they were young. And now they're not just old, they're very old. And yet God said that he was going uh, to do this and bless them. And we know that they initially laughed when God spoke this to them. But we see that they grew in faith. This is important. I emphasize this quite frequently, and I want to emphasize it again tonight. They went from laughing and being weak in faith, staggering at what God said, to being strong in faith and being fully convinced and ultimately receiving the promise. Now, in the verses that we looked at tonight, and I'll put verse 19 and 20 back up on the screen, we see what I'm just going to call being 
and doing in this verse or in these verses. What I mean by that is we see a condition of, you know, that transformed, obviously, but we see how they became, if you will, something. And then we also see, breaking it down for you, that they did something. So a state of being and a state of doing. I often remind us here at Heritage that we are human beings, not human doings. Who you be determines what you do, not what you do determines who you be. And so we see that there is a state of being that changed because of a state of doing, because of something that they did. And as we again begin to break this down, I'll put up on the screen for you. They went from being weak in faith to being fully convinced. From being weak in faith to being fully convinced. Now, that's the state of being. The state of doing, and I'll put that on the screen for you as well. It says they did not consider, or Abraham did not consider his own body already dead, did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb, did not waver at the promise of God because of skepticism, timidity, uncertainty, or unbelief, and did become strong in faith by giving glory and praise to God. So do you see, the state of being is they were in a state of being weak in faith, but the Bible says that they entered into a state of being strong in faith, fully convinced, and what is associated with this transformation, being weak to being fully convinced, involves what they did. Did not consider his own body already dead. Did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Did not waver at the promise of God because of skepticism, timidity, uncertainty, or unbelief. Did, did become strong in faith by giving glory and praise to God. Now, if they were previously weak in faith, but became fully convinced, we need to ask ourselves, if you're interested in becoming fully convinced where the promises of God for your life are concerned, we need to ask ourselves a simple question. What changed? How did they go from being weak in faith to being fully convinced? How did they go from, from, from staggering and laughing at what God said to, to being fully persuaded that God was able to do, without any shadow of a doubt, what He said He could do? Clearly, their consideration is what shifted. Abraham considered God was able to do what He promised. 
Meaning, notice it says he did not consider. He did not consider. He did not waver. He did become strong. Now, let's talk for a moment then about this not considering. Not considering something implies the deliberate, focused consideration of something else. There is no neutral position in the mind. And thankfully, we can only consider one thing or one item at a time. Somebody say, thank you Jesus for creating us that way. There is no neutral position in the mind, and thankfully we can only consider one thing or one item at a time. So not considering something implies the deliberate, focused consideration of something else. If I just stand here tonight and tell you, do not think about a red balloon, 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 what are you thinking about? A red balloon, right? But if I say, think about a cold cup of water, 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 at least for, for that moment, red balloon slipped out of your consideration and cold cup of water came to the forefront of your mind. So when the Bible says that Abraham did not consider, knowing that God created us in such a way as to not consider one thing means a deliberate, intentional consideration of something else, we see that he effectively did not consider one thing to be dead by considering it to be alive. By considering it to be alive. Now, when we talk about considering something, this means um, to think it through carefully. This is one of my uh, favorite definitions of consider. And it just simply means to have in mind. To have in mind. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible says she said within herself continually. She said within herself continually. So to have in mind means that there are certain things that we are keeping in our mind and that thing which we choose to keep in mind means we're choosing that to the exclusion of things we do not want to keep in mind. Amen. Is worry not simply meditating on the wrong things? Amen. So to consider, it means to think through carefully some other things, but to have in mind, with emphasis on in mind. If one thing is in your mind, other things are not in your mind at that moment. They're out of mind. Okay? So, the two words that I want us to really zero in on tonight are the words consider and convince. Consider and convince. We need to understand the important relationship between considering and convincing. Considering his body dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb kept them weak in faith, 
convince them they would never have a child and cause them to laugh and stagger at the promise God made to them. Let me, let me make sure. Again, listen carefully. Considering his body dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, as, as, long, as, they, as long as they kept in mind his age, the deadness of her womb, as long as those were the things that they kept in mind, as long as those were the things that they considered, those considerations kept them weak in faith. Think of Superman and Kryptonite kept them weak in faith. We established in class uh, again uh, tonight that faith is the victory that overcomes this world. All things are possible to him who believes. There is, there is nothing that your faith cannot overcome in this created realm. That's how powerful it is. So the enemy is very, very afraid of you learning how to use faith in a, in a real, uh, tangible, uh, meaningful way in your life. The day you learn how to walk in faith consistently at a very high level, amen, it, the, the devil is shaking in his boots. It's his worst nightmare. So he's going to try to keep you weak in faith. He can't take the faith from you that Father has given you. So he's going to try to contain you. He's going to try to keep you weak in faith. And so we play into his plan, the devil's plan, to keep us weak in faith by continuing to consider things that would cause our faith to remain weak. In their case, considering his body dead, the deadness of Sarah's womb kept them weak in faith. But now notice the influence your consideration has on what you're ultimately convinced of, what you ultimately become persuaded in. Amen. So as long as they considered his body dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb, it kept them weak in faith, and they were convinced, all right, they were convinced they would never have a child. You don't laugh in God's face just because you're trying to crack him up. That just shows you how convinced they were that they would never have a child. So again, considering his body dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb kept them weak in faith, convinced them they would never have a child, and caused them to laugh and stagger at the promise God made to them. As long as you consider your past mistakes, as long as you consider the jobs that you've squandered, as long as you consider how all the money you've wasted, as long as you consider the things from your past, it's going to keep you weak in faith. It's, it's going to cause you to continue to stagger at what God has promised and said to be true about you. As long as you consider what the doctor said, as long as you consider the diagnosis, the symptoms, the, the, the pain that you may even be experiencing right now, all of those things are going to, again, keep you weak in faith. And they're going to keep you convinced that you'll never have anything better or more than what you have right now. But if you'll begin to consider what the Word of God says about your life, what the Word of God says about your finances, what the Word of God says about your health, what the Word of God says about your freedom, about your healing, about your destiny, about your future, about your purpose, about the things that Father God has promised to you and to your children and to your children's children. When they begin to consider God 
was able to do what He promised because nothing is too hard for the Lord. Considering that caused them to what? Become strong in faith. Become fully convinced and ultimately received the fulfillment of the promise God made to them. It's kind of like when Jesus said, person A built his house, person B built his house, the winds blew, the rains fell, the floods rose, person A's house stood, person B's house collapsed, because person A heard these sayings of mine and did them, person B heard these sayings of mine but did not do them. He's trying to spell out to us the importance of not just hearing the Word, but doing the Word. That's the difference. That's the difference between person A and person B in this parable that Jesus shared. Okay. Well now, we've got person A and person B. It just happens to be that person A and person B are the same person. It's just person A was Abraham weak in faith. Person B is Abraham strong in faith. What is the difference here? The difference is a shift in what he was consistently considering. It's an example for us to follow. Let me give you Romans 4.20 tonight from the message translation. Man, this really just jumped off the pages at me. Verse 20 from the, Romans 4.20 from the message translation. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God. Plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God. As long as we tiptoe around what God said to us, asking cautiously skeptical questions, did He really mean me? Did He really mean that? Was He just talking about something else? Is there a hidden meaning here? Surely this doesn't mean let the rich man say I'm rich. I mean, like not like really rich, rich, rich. Does it really mean rich? As long as we're acting like that, carrying on, asking all those cautiously skeptical questions, we're going to remain weak in faith, and it's going to be very easy for the devil to contaminate your faith and prevent you from receiving. But man, if you'll just plunge headlong into what God said and believe it to be true and believe that there's nothing too hard for the Lord and that He is well able to do every word and fulfill every word that He has spoken concerning your life. Does it really mean healing? Does it really mean everybody? Does it really mean today? Does it really See, again, all that is stuff the devil is planting in your mind to try to get you to consider anything other than God meant exactly what he said to you and is well able and willing to perform it in your life. Abraham deliberately aligned his thoughts, words, and actions with the promises of God. And in so doing, he stopped aligning his thoughts, words, and actions with the way things looked, seemed, and felt. So let me give you a bottom line tonight. A bottom line is this. What you consider directly affects the strength of your faith and your ability to receive the fulfillment of what God has promised you. That's the bottom line right there. What you consider directly affects the strength of your faith 
which directly affects your ability to receive the fulfillment of what God has promised you. Let's do it this way, okay? Let's say that up here on these steps, there are stacks and stacks and stacks of gold bars. What, 24 carat? And let's get, in, let's get the good stuff, right? What's that? The 0.9999, right? I mean, it's just, you know, $700 million worth of gold bars right here on the steps. And you can have as much as you can carry out of here with just your person. Whatever you can lift and carry out, you can have. Okay? All right? Well, I, I see some folks in here that are pretty healthy, pretty strong, right? I see some of those guys down there loosening up, right? Amen. All right? Now, why am I giving this silly little illustration? Because when it comes to the promises of God, He is simply saying to you, you can have whatever you can lift and walk away with by faith. Whatever you can grab hold of and lift by faith, whatever you are strong enough in faith to grab hold of and hold on to and, and, and take and run with, if you will, you can have. Amen. What you consider directly affects the strength of your faith, which directly affects your ability to receive the fulfillment of what God has promised you. The Bible says when Abraham was weak in faith, the promise was too heavy, staggered him. He wavered at it, couldn't, couldn't hold it, couldn't, couldn't take it and run with it, okay? God put a stack of gold bars in front of him and he couldn't lift a single one and walk off with it. Are you seeing this? All right. But notice that as he, as he quit considering how old he was and the deadness of Sarah's womb, because that was keeping him weak in faith and he, and he shifted into God's ability and is anything too hard for the Lord and, 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 and God is the creator of heaven and earth and and, and all these things, right, as, as he began to focus and consider and give glory to God, now he's becoming strong in faith. And the gold bar that he used to couldn't lift, now he's, he's starting to lift it. It's, 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 it's starting to get more, more manageable. It's, 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 it's not... You remember when he... We looked at this, for those of you who weren't here, Genesis 17 and 18 a few weeks back. But he he went to the world system of probability and had a child with Hagar and yet God said you know it's not going to be you and someone else it's going to be you and Sarah that are going to have this child of promise that's going to that's going to be this promised people this this chosen people of mine and Abraham cries out in frustration oh God that Ishmael may stand before you He's, he's basically saying, God, could you cut me some slack here and just let Ishmael count? Right? And, and God says, no. I'm going to take care of Ishmael, but I've chosen a child that will come from Sarah's womb. 
See, notice he's trying to lighten the load, the burden of this. See, he's like, now it's like, oh gosh, I got to receive. I got, you know, uh, I got to this, I got to that. And so he's trying to reduce the weight of the promise by letting somebody else count, so to speak, and, and let's move on. God has promised you and given to you some amazing, powerful, beautiful, heavy, heavy promises that He will not water down or shift or change. He's not wanting to make the promise lighter for you to be able to carry it. He's wanting you to become stronger in faith so you can take hold of it and experience what He intended for that promise to produce in your life. Amen? All right. Let me ask you another question. I'll put it up on the screen. Is being fully convinced important? Is being fully convinced important? Is that something we should care about? Is that, is that something we should be interested in? Is that, is that something we should understand? The answer is yes, 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 yes. James chapter 1. Let's turn there for a moment. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And verse number 6. James chapter 1 verse 6 says this, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways. So again, is being fully convinced important? It's as important as receiving from God. Is it something we should care about? Well, Based upon James 1, 6, 7, and 8, and of course, a lot of other verses, Mark 11, and, and we could look at others, maybe we will, in the days ahead. But just based upon this verse right here, he says that in order to receive from God, we must ask in faith with some doubting, mostly faith, and some, no, with no doubting. No doubting means what? Fully convinced. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed. Let not that man suppose, we might say it this way, don't let him think for one minute. The context here is asking God for wisdom in receiving, but he doesn't just, he doesn't just relegate this to receiving wisdom. He says, let not that man suppose he will receive anything. Not just won't receive wisdom that he asked for, but won't receive anything from the Lord. Semicolon. Why? 
Because he's a double-minded man. He's a double-minded man. Double-minded, could I say it this way? He's, he's stuck between two positions. Part of him believing God, wanting God to work in his life. Part of him still focused in on the things of this world, the circumstances, the situations. When God speaks these promises to Abraham, those things now become a part of Abraham's thinking. I mean, he heard what he said. But right alongside what God said to Abraham, all the things that Abraham was considering about his circumstances and his situation. Did he receive the promise in that, in that situation? No. It wasn't until he considered not his age and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He went from being double-minded to singularly focused. Compare wavering not or staggering not at the promises of God to what he says here, like a wave of the sea driven and tossed in verse 6 and then unstable in all his ways in verse 8. Consideration operates in the background and happens seamlessly in our lives. It is something we rarely notice or pay attention to, but is one of the most important things for us to become aware of. What you consider and how you consider has so much influence, has so much effect either for the positive or the negative when it comes to your faith. Now, I'm trying to make a transition. Let me just, a few minutes, okay? For everybody who accused me of cutting the sermon short Sunday because of Oliver, I'm going to preach 45 more minutes tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Consideration operates in the background and happens seamlessly in our lives. It's something we rarely notice or pay attention to, but it's one of the most important things for us to become aware of. I told somebody this afternoon that, and we were actually talking about different Bible translations. And I know some folks, you know, they're real persnickety about the King James Version. Thank God for the King James Version. It's very poetic language. A lot of the verses I memorized when I was younger, I memorized out of the King James Version. But one of the reasons I like to look at the same passage in multiple versions, multiple translations, even paraphrased translations, is because sometimes the way one translator may translate a word or, or say a phrase like we just looked at Eugene Peterson in the message translation. He didn't tiptoe cautiously ask around the promise asking skeptical questions, but he plunged right in. It, it broadens my understanding of it, my grasp of it. 
The Passion Translation, for example, in the Psalms, that word Selah, Selah, it translates that, that word, that expression, pause in his presence. Again, I got it now. I got it better than I've ever had it before. I understand Selah in a way. If I never understood it before, thank God for the way other people have translated it, but now it's the way he said it. Grabbed it, right? Do you follow me? So when we talk about consideration and, and we've, we've said this several different ways, like for instance, I've, I ask you the question, what are you dealing with? What are you facing in your life right now? And what are you saying consistently in your heart? What are you saying in yourself about that thing? Well, that's just another way of saying, what are you considering? What, in other words, we're not talking about different things here. We're saying it different ways, but we're still talking about the same thing. What, what is it that you're considering? Because whatever you consider consistently, whatever you continually consider, it's going to produce a convincing effect upon you. Your considerations are going to bring you to some kind of position of being convinced. If you consider the wrong things for long enough, they're going to convince you that it'll never happen, that it, wasn't, it doesn't mean you, that it's not, right? But if you will consistently consider the right things, God's word, long enough, again, it's working in you to bring you to that place of being fully convinced. But again, consideration, I got lots of things about it, but let, let me just think of it as a mental mechanism. And by mechanism, we're talking about something that produces a result, something that produces a, a, an effect, like a, like a machinery. Think of it as, as, as a piece of mental machinery. That's what, that's what consideration um, actually is. And so this, this mental machinery is operating in the background of your life, and, it, and, it's, and it's operating seamlessly Meaning, if you run your finger across it, you don't feel the joint, you don't feel the seam, but it's there. It's there. And, and it's something that we rarely notice or pay attention to, but it's time that we start to notice. It's time that we not only start to pay attention, but that we take dominion over our consideration. See, the devil will tell you that you don't have any control over this. He is a liar, liar, liar. You control what you consider. And it requires a deliberate, intentional act on your part, on my part. The devil wants us to wallow in our pity. He wants us to be victims who have been victimized that only think victim thoughts. Why does this happen to me? See, again, listen, there are injustices in the world. There are all kinds of things that, that again, as long as we're going to sit there and try to answer those questions in our mind, it's going to keep us weak in faith. Amen. 
if we start saying things like what the devil meant for my destruction, God is going to turn it for my good. Amen. And we just go ahead and start testifying before we even see the manifestation. Start acting like it's not even a factor in your life anymore. Man, you start getting the devil really freaked out. He just leveled his best shot against you and you're not even acknowledging it. But you kept your mind laser focused on the promises of God, meditating on those promises, bring those promises, saying those promises within yourself. One last time, consideration operates in the background and happens seamlessly in our lives. It is something we rarely notice or pay attention to, but is one of the most important things for us to become aware of. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. What are you considering? What are you considering? Amen. What are you considering? The devil brings things against us and let's just, we'll just use the example of Oliver because, all right, so obviously Jake and Bethany's life just changed. And so they bring Oliver home from the hospital and basically everything in their life, right, is now adjusting to accommodate this blessing that has now come into their home. Amen. But there's still an adjustment period. Everybody talks about how wonderful being a grandparent is. Everybody says, well, you know, you give them, give them sugar and send them home, all that stuff, you know. Well, amen. I think... As I'm processing all this, and man, I am processing and enjoying every second of it, okay? One of the beautiful things about being a, grand, a, a grandparent is, you know, all that immaturity and, and anxiety and all that stuff when you were battling it when you first brought your kid home. And been there, done that, dude. Let's just enjoy this kid and quit worrying about, you know, how many times a day he's pee-peeing in his diaper. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's just, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I'm mean, going to tell you, the pediatrician, you got to count this many times. And also, and of course, you know, I mean, man, Jake's a CPA. He's like got a spreadsheet going. I mean, he's, you know, he can tell you how many milliliters the little fellas eat and all of this stuff, you know. And that's important. Don't misunderstand me. That's important. But, you know, it's like as a grandparent, it's like, dude, you know what? They're going to eat. They're going to poop. They're going to pee-pee. And we're going to change the diapers. And we're going to have fun. It's not, you know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? And they're going to grow up. And God's going to take care of them. And, and, and you know, I mean, it's just, you know. And it's, it's just a completely different. Because why? We've already made all of those adjustments. We've, again, we've accommodated this before, right? We know what to expect. And so what happens with the enemy is he never wants you to adjust and accommodate to all the promises of God, all the goodness of God, you know, for you to, you know, but instead he wants you, um, he wants to try to convince you, you know, you're always going to be addicted. 
You're, you're always going to be bad with managing money. You, you're never going to have anything good in your life. You've ruined so many relationships, you will never find anybody who loves you. Just, again, he's, he's trying to get this, what's the expression, to become the new normal. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. See, again, devil, you, you, you may have snuck in the back door somehow. I may have let you in or whatever, but uh-uh. This is not... We're not going to consider this as anything but temporary. Amen. When it comes to the blessings and the promises of God, that's what we're considering permanent, long-term. Do you see the difference there in that, right? All comes back to this thing called considering. All comes back to this thing, you know, what... Because again, the devil just keep dinging away at you. You might as well get used to this. You might as well get used to that pain in your hip. You might as well. I mean, you know what I'm. You know they say after a while that cartilage wears out in your knee, and so this is the new normal. You just might as well get used to that, right? So he's trying to get you to consider it as something that is always going to be like this. Become a part of just no, 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 no. See, Amen. Hey, no, no, we're not. No, no. See, that's not what the promises of God are. Father, thank you for what you're teaching us. Thank you, Father, that, that we're establishing new norms in our lives, new states of normal in our lives, Father, when it comes to your promises and your blessing, Lord. Father, we, we are coming to a place where we can't imagine it or, or picture it any other way but the way you said it is. When it comes to our freedom, when it comes to our purpose and destiny, when it comes to our health and healing, when it comes to, um, Lord, even our walking in your wisdom and your ways and your understanding. Father, we're, we're not a bunch of losers trying to win. Father, we're a bunch of winners, Lord, who have lost for the last time. <laughs> you always cause us to triumph. Father, we, we're not shocked when you uh, let us win, Father. We're, we're shocked when we don't win. When, when, Lord, we, when, when something doesn't work out for us, Lord, we, we, we come before you asking you why and what do we need to do better and different, Father. We're not, we're not accepting that victim's mentality, Lord. That's from the enemy. He's a liar. And you're the truth. And your truth is creating the highest reality Lord, in our lives. And we thank you for it. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, help us become very keenly aware of, of when we slip into wrong considerations. And help us, Father, consider the things that you would have us consider. Make us strong in faith. Lord, not staggering at at your promise, Lord, but lifting up the heaviest things you ever promised to us, Father, and not just carrying them for ourselves, but carrying them and delivering them to other people, Lord. We thank you for good things now. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Thank you. We'll see you Sunday, if not before. Good things.